pray before the kids are dismissed. It's going to be different today. <laughs> Let's pray. God, thank you. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're a God who never stops working. God, we can't believe that you are the kind of God that never takes your eyes off us. Lord, that you care for us. It knocks us to our knees, Lord. We, we just, we're in awe of you. And so, God, would you do what only you can do? Would you speak to us where we need to hear your voice, God, as we see the life of Christ and this life that he calls us to when he says those two simple words, follow me. Oh, God, have your way in this place today. We pray in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. The adults can have a seat. The kids can head up to be with our team in Redemption Kids. And I want to echo Pastor John's welcome and welcome you to Redemption Hill Church. Particularly if you're new, we're so thankful that you're here today. Uh, so we are confident that you're going to be encouraged and blessed by God as we uh, spend time together, continue worshiping him in his word. If you are new, we would love for you uh, to fill out the connect card. Let us know that you were able to come today. Let us know of any ways we can pray for you. You can take this to the Connection Center. We have a gift for you if uh, we missed you on the way in. And um, today we're going to be in John chapter 6, at the beginning of the chapter. This is a story that I believe is so appropriate for uh, this vision that God uh, is, is putting before us in 2020. And by the way, just to set the record straight, we do a vision Sunday every year, so it's always 2017 vision, 2018 vision, 2019 vision. We're not just doing vision uh, Sunday because it's 2020 vision this year, all right? So just, just so you know, we'll keep the record straight uh, in the house today. Uh, but, you know, as I, think about, as I think about today, I think about a prayer that I've probably prayed more than any other over the past few years. And that's simply uh, this prayer. God, give me your heart. God, give me your heart. No matter the situation, no matter the moment, I've learned the value of uttering these simple words, sometimes very softly and sometimes very loudly. Your heart, God, Give me your heart. And so I want to put before you one word today. One word that our pastors believe is that the focus of, of our greatest energy and our strongest prayers and our best resources in 2020. But, but not only that, it's the theme that is extremely close to God's heart. And that is this vision of multiplication. God wants to see us multiply. Someone say multiply. multiply. Say it like you mean it. Multiply. multiply. Let, me, let me make it a little more personal. God not only wants to see us multiply, he wants to see you multiply. This is so near and dear to 
the heart of God. And you say, well, well, Tanner, you know, prove it to me. You know, you're up here vision Sunday. It would be really advantageous for you to say, hey, God wants to see us multiply. That'll kind of help make your point, you know, today. Um, Well, this is like the easiest argument I think I've ever been able to present on a vision Sunday. Just think, what, what what were the first words out of God's mouth to humanity? Be fruitful and multiply. And we ask, well, what, what did he mean by that? What, 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 what were we to multiply? The verse before it gives us the answer. He says, in, in his image, God created man and woman. So, so the mission from the beginning was to fill the earth with people who would reflect how great God is. That they would understand that they were made for a, an intimate love relationship with the God who made everything in heaven and on earth. Be fruitful and multiply. God's first words to humanity. But then what about Jesus' last words to his disciples? What did Jesus say? All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Like, fill the earth. This is what? This is the same vision. The same vision in Matthew 28 is the same vision that God said in the very beginning in Genesis 1. Fill the earth with people who know me, love me, worship me. Know how much I love them and care about them. But if that doesn't convince you, let me take you to the pages of the story of the early church, the book of Acts. There are seven summary statements that tell us what life was like in the early church. Seven statements that tell us what we should be unapologetically zealous about and celebrate more than anything. And every single time, guess what the theme is? Come on, you guys are a lot smarter than you're giving yourself credit for it. Multiplication. Multiplication. In fact, three times it says it explicitly. Acts chapter 6, verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 9, 31, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church multiplied. Acts 12, 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Multiplication is not Redemption Hill's vision. Multiplication is God's vision. It's God's vision. But here's our problem. To varying degrees, every single one of us, myself included, lives as though we have not heard the vision. We're like this one-sided conversation that my wife was having with me literally last night, okay? I was at my desk working. I try not to work on Saturday night, but it's a big Sunday, so I want to make sure I was prepared and ready to go, all right? And she's in the bed on her phone, and she's talking to me, and she continues to talk to me for three minutes talking to me, and finally I see her out of my peripheral vision. She's standing up, and she's looking at me, and then she realizes that I have my noise-canceling headphones on underneath my hoodie. (laughs) I didn't hear a word that she said. And very practically, 
This is the result of our lives when it comes to this vision. So often, so many days, so many weeks, so many months, God forbid, even so many years, we don't buy in completely to this vision God has for us to multiply. So that's why I want to take you to a story today, a very powerful story from the life of Christ. A story that will ignite our faith and stretch our vision and show us something so much greater than we realize God wants us to live for. Not just listen on Vision Sunday, but on Vision Monday and Vision Tuesday and every stinking single day of your life. This is the only miracle that's recorded in every one of the four Gospels. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1, read through 15. Here we go. Listen up. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people can eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign, that had been done. They said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. What does this story teach us about carrying a vision for multiplication. What does it speak to your heart today that you can take and you can carry this vision? I'm talking about running with it. I'm talking about owning it to the point today. It's not just Pastor Tanner and the pastors. They think this is a good idea. They think it's God's heart. He said it in Genesis 1. He said it in Matthew 28. He said it a bunch of times in Acts. No, this is my vision. This is our vision. It begins by gaining God's heart. 
The first step in a multiplication vision is to gain God's heart. We can clearly see what's going on. Perhaps if you've been in church for a little bit before, maybe you've heard this story, maybe you learned it as a child, you know, there was a serious logistical problem. They had very little food for a very large crowd. You notice that the text said that there were 5,000 men. Scholars would tell us that that probably means there were 15 to 20,000 people that had gathered. Lots of people, little food, and it's dinner time. And so Jesus, because he has compassion as the other gospels would tell us he wants to make sure that the people have something to eat. He doesn't want them to leave hungry. And so he goes to his disciple Philip, one of his followers, and he asks him this question in verse 5, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And let me just tell you right now, okay, Jesus did not ask Philip because he thought he was such a great entrepreneur, like he was going to identify a plan and a strategy to make it happen on the spot. It says in verse 5, in verse 6, that Jesus said this to test him. Jesus is testing Philip's faith. Whenever we are in a moment of great need, a moment where our need exceeds the resources that we have in our hands, our faith will be tested. And we can say, not just great need, but great opportunity. When God puts a great dream in your heart, and you're saying, God, how can this happen? I don't have the resources. It's a moment of attesting of your faith. The question is not whether or not these moments will come. The question is, how will we respond when they come? Philip, he didn't respond so well. His immediate inclination was to look to human strategy and human resources. He says in verse 7, 200 denarii, he's talking about seven months of wages, would not be enough to buy enough bread just for a few people. And listen, it's it's great to be analytical. It's great to be strategic, all right? But Philip's problem was he calculated without Christ. But he's not the only one. He's not the only one, if we can be objective this morning, who flunked the test. His, his, his compadre, uh, Andrew, uh, in verse 9, he, he finds this boy who, who has some lunch, and he comes to me like, hey, we found at least a little bit of food. But at the end of verse 9, we see Andrew's faith as well. He says, but but what are they for so many people? Andrew fails the test just like Philip fails the test. You say, well, Tina, how, how can I, because I'm, I'm kind of like Philip a lot of times, and I'm kind of like Andrew, like I try to be resourceful, but I look at our resources, and I don't see that there are enough resources, and then I don't know what to do. What are we to do in these situations? We take the third option. The third option is to chase after the heart of Christ. I love what it says in verse 6. He said this to test Philip. Why? Because he knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew. 
He knew before he asked the question. He knew the moment he saw the crowds that he had determined that he was going to feed them all in a miraculous way. Why? Because Jesus wanted to. Jesus wanted to provide. Jesus wanted to multiply the fish and the loaves so that everyone could eat. But not only does Jesus have the desire, Jesus also has the ability. He has the power. Jesus was completely confident in his ability to come through. He knew that the ultimate test is not mathematical, but it is always theological. Who he is. This is, this is how we gain God's heart. We, we look and we see who he is, what he's done, what he's capable of, what his heart bleeds for. And that's what builds our faith. I'm just telling you right now, when you're, when you're up against it, when you have a great need in your life or when you see a great vision that outstrips your resources, that everyone would say that can't be done, just like I heard about nine years ago when we moved to Medford to start a church. You'll be tempted. As, as we were, John can, John can tell you there were days when we looked at our resources and we didn't know how we were going to take the next step forward. But God calls us not to look at our circumstances, and he certainly asks us not to look in the mirror. Because I'm telling you, the more you look at yourself, your doubt will grow. But the more you look to Christ, your faith will rise. And it'll keep rising. This is how we gain God's heart. Multiplication is not just a vision. It is God's heart on display. And so a vision for multiplication begins with gaining God's heart, seeing who he is, letting his heart permeate your heart. But then number two, it's not just about gaining God's heart, it's about bringing our best. Bring your best. I love the Gospel of John's account of this miracle because John is the only one who highlights this little boy who has a little bit of lunch. I mean, when we look at this story closer, we, we, we see a couple of, of, of important, you know, uh, details about the story, okay? Um, we're talking about five little loaves of bread. I mean, this is like not, when you read the text, you think five loaves, you think about what you get at Stop and Shop or Trader Joe's, you know? Like, hey, I mean, that might feed a, a few people, you know? But, but this was just five small cakes, of barley bread, not, not wheat bread, but barley bread, the, the staple food of the poor. And when we see two fish, we're not talking about like a salmon portions at legal seafood, right? We're talking about just enough to flavor these little five cakes that you probably wouldn't want to eat today. And the disciples are saying like, hey, Jesus, We've got a meal for one. We're 14,999 short. But Jesus is not deterred by the situation. He takes this unimpressive offering 
from this unimpressive little boy. Are, are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me today? Let me back up and preach a little bit. When you look in the mirror, you don't want to admit this right now. You don't want to like, hey, you know, like, like, hey, Pastor Tanner, he's like preaching my story right now. When you look in the mirror, you see someone often that you feel like is quite unimpressive that has very little to offer. To offer the people around you, much less God. But my God, the God who is the only God, the one true God, loves to take unimportant, unimpressive people, like little boys that have no experience, no leadership skills, no resources, and he just takes what we've got. God says, look, if you'll just bring me what you have, if you'll just surrender what I've given to you into my hands, I can take your meager provisions and I can multiply it 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Those of you that are familiar with the Bible, know put another argument into the multiplication story. The parable of the sower, the seeds that falls on good soil, it produces 30, 60, 100-fold. So God is just looking for some people, some humble people who say, God, I'm nothing special. I'm not you know, the spiritually elite, you know, or anything like that. But I tell you what, God, I'll just, I'll just give you what I have. I'll just give you what I got. I'll just bring my best, whatever my best is, and I'll watch you take it in your hands. And here's a meal, and here's another meal, and here's another meal, and here's another. You know, multiplication happens by addition over and over. Another meal, and another meal, and addition. And then just all of a sudden, we've seen multiplication where 15,000 people are served. You say, well, Tanner, how did he, how did he do it? How long did it take? I have no clue. <laughs> but I know that it happened. Because I know this is who God is. And this is who he is today. God does not change. He's the same God. As one pastor said, whatever is transferred to Jesus can be transformed by Jesus. What is God calling you just to hand over so that he can do his miraculous work as you surrender your life into his hands? A multiplication vision happens when we gain God's heart, when we bring our best, and that puts us in a position to watch God work. Verses 10 through 15 tell the rest of the story. In verse 10, it tells us that essentially Jesus takes over, right? He tells the, the disciples, tell the people to have a seat. He takes this meager provision and he holds it up before God and he thanks God. And I believe that he's thanking God for these five little cakes and these two small fish. But he's also thanking God, this is a great spiritual principle, for what he's about to do. 
Why? Why? I mean, because he knows. He knows the heart of the Father. He, he knows God's ability to, to work through him by the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to, to be able to multiply the fish and the loaves. And in this, we learn that Jesus is not limited by our limitations. I love what it says. It says that they ate as much as they wanted. This phrase means that they ate until they were fully satisfied. They ate until they wanted to eat no more. When God gives, he gives. Perhaps Jesus wants to speak to your heart this morning through the words of this story. And by the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants to say to you, I've got more than you think I've got. I can do more than you think I can do. I am provision. I am abundance. Our God is a God of abundance. He's not short-handed. When we pray, we're not going to a God that like may or may not be able to get it done. We're coming to the God who has infinite resources. Everything is at his disposal. I love verse 12. Here's a little pro tip when you read the Bible, okay? When you're reading narrative, always pay attention to the dialogue. Jesus speaks three times. This last time, he tells his disciples in verse 12, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. That's interesting. No statement about how powerful he is. No statement about their little faith. No statement like, why, 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 why like, get the baskets and maybe Jesus wanted to teach them a little lesson. Maybe it's the same lesson he wants to teach you today. Verse 13, so they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets. 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. I'm not a mathematical genius. But how many disciples were there? Twelve. Twelve disciples. With how many baskets? Twelve. What did Jesus do in that moment? They've gone through the crowds, 20,000 people. You know, I mean, there could have been, there could have been 30 baskets. There could have been three baskets, but there are 12 baskets. Full. I wonder just maybe, 
if Jesus didn't say another word, but he just smiled and walked away. As if to say, see who I am. Every single one of you. This is what I love about the heart of God, and this is where my heart bleeds as a pastor. I don't want to pastor a church where there's like 20 people in the game. 200, 300, whatever hundred show up on Sunday, but you got 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 in the game. No, 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 no. Jesus is looking to each one of them. Each one of them have a basket. He wants you in the game. He wants you in the mission. He wants you to bring your basket and watch him fill it up. Somebody, somebody say amen as I pastor. Are you guys with me today? Woo! Wow. Bring the baskets. Be, be humbled, but be in awe. Be, be inspired by what God wants to do in your life. There's no limit. If God is not limited, then there's no limit on what he can do in your life. He is the God of abundance. Oh, I'm so passionate to see people stop underestimating God by underestimating what God can do in them. God has a plan for you. He has a mission for you. He has a story that's better than you can't imagine. If you'll get his heart and bring your best. When we get his heart and when we bring our best, that's, that's when we watch God work. If we could just sum up what we're going after with our 2020 vision, we want to watch God multiply his work as we get his heart and bring our best. That's what we're going after this year. That's what we're going after together. Every single one of us who, who say, hey, that's my God. That, that's my God. I'm following him. So what might this look like in our church this year? Like as we, as we pray toward this and we pursue with passionate hearts this God of abundance who wants to do more than we can imagine in our lives individually, in our life collectively as a church family. There are many, many implications of a multiplication vision. Many more than I would begin to have time to share with you today. The possibilities truly are limitless. But I want to share four ways that we can pray and pursue an amazing work of multiplication in the life of our church this year. Four ways. Number one, imagine what it will be like when we see God Save 
50 people and 50 new people say, yes, I want to follow Jesus with my life. Yes, I want to experience a vibrant relationship with the God who loves me, knows me, and made me to experience his love every single day. Who's going to pray, God, move me to share your love in such a way that at least one person experiences new life in you this year, over the next 11 plus months. Who's in for that? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God could use you? Unimpressive you with your unimpressive offering. For this to happen, we're going to need to multiply our prayers. We're going to need to multiply the number of invitations and the conversations that we're having with people about Jesus. To see things we've never seen, we're probably going to need to do things we've never done. But, but when it happens, the, the beautiful uh, part about multiplication is that multiplication in one area spills over and touches other areas of multiplication. I mean, can you imagine? We're just going to have to start scheduling more and more baptism. You know, we bought that baptism tank la last year, and now it's our own. We actually own, we don't have to borrow like horse troughs from other church plants, you know, to baptize people. It's a really awesome thing, you know. It's an amazing, miraculous provision of God that we have our own baptism, you know, uh, tank now. And, and just like 50 people sharing their story. Again and again and again, I was dead. I'm now spiritually alive in Christ. I've entered a whole new reality. Oh, wait, and it gets better. It gets better. Because Kristen invited me. Because Monica took the time to buy me lunch and tell me why her life is so different than mine. Oh, can you imagine the celebration? We see God work in these ways. 50 can be a small number in the hands of God. But let's pray for it. Let's go for it. Let's watch God work. Number two, how about multiplying 30 new leaders in the life of our church? Healthy leadership is critical to move a mission forward. We want to see more groups leaders and team leaders raised up, groups coaches and teams coaches raised up, more directors leading various ministries in our church. More pastors are so thankful for uh, seeing God provide and add Pastor Steve in 2019, but we, we know that there's a greater need as our church is growing to add pastors in the days to come. And so maybe this is, maybe this is one of your next steps. Maybe you've been serving faithfully and, and actively participating in the life of, of Redemption Hill, but you know that God is calling you to something more. He's calling you to not just lead yourself and be faithful in your own following of Jesus, but he's calling you to step out and to lead others. Whether it be a group, whether it be a, a team, whatever, whatever it may be. Which means we're going to need to multiply our trainings for leaders. It means that more people are going to need to take that step of going all in with the mission and vision of Redemption Hill. To, to, to be a part of this family through membership. To say, I'm all in on the mission. To help lead the charge to what God has for us. These new leaders will help us multiply new groups. We want to see at least five new groups over the course of 2020. That means that our total number of groups will be close to 20 groups offered in the fall. 
Did you know, I love this, did you know that three out of every four people that come on a Sunday morning are connected with a group through the week? Now, you might say, like, that's only 75%. Let me tell you something. Most churches would love to have one out of two. These are the facts. That's amazing. It's amazing the number of people that are saying, like, Sunday's not enough. I want to get connected with groups. I want to do life together. But, but listen, if we're going to see these five new groups launched, not only do we need new leaders, but we need uh, people learning about groups through Next. Hopefully, you can hang out if you're new and come to the free lunch after service. There you go. Shameless plug. Uh, but, but not only that, it's going to be our current group saying, look, what God is doing in this group is so life-giving and so important. This community is so real and so below the surface, and, and it gives me such opportunity to grow in my relationship with God and the people around me that we can't keep this to ourselves. Because Pastor John has a vision to see groups started in Malden and Everett and Melrose and Stoneham and Cambridge and strategic spots all around Medford. Will you be a part of this multiplication vision? Will you pray? Will you do your part? And then finally, another one that is, I think, easy to get excited about and very, very tangible and visible. Um, as God continues to grow our church, we've been talking about this for months now because we want to move at God's pace and we don't want to get ahead of how God is leading, but we don't want to certainly get behind him. And so as we look at the growth of our church, we see that this year is, is, should be the year where we move from one service on Sunday to two services on Sunday. We're going to start at Easter, and we're going to have two services on Easter, but as God continues to bring the growth, there are going to be hopefully two services happening every single Sunday at Redemption Hill come the fall. You say, well, why? I love the amens and the what. Like, why? L let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you have a friend or family member who is still disconnected from God. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. That's why. There are 318,000 people in Medford and the surrounding cities, and God loves every single one of them. One service will not be enough when we are filled with God's Spirit and fully committed to God's mission. Growth is the natural consequence of being all in with God. Multiplication is the natural consequence of the Holy Spirit so filling our lives that we can't help but live powerfully to the people around us. They like actually want what we've got, you know, the kind of joy that is, that is foreign to them, the kind of peace in the midst of trouble and anxiety that they can't understand. It's coming. Multiplication is coming. As you, listen, as you say, God, multiply your work in me. Multiplication among us and through us happens when God's work is multiplied in us. And so it's showing up. So thankful that you're here today, by the way. I'm really excited about it. But, you know, it's showing up on Sunday. It's showing up in the morning and during the day and saying, God, I need more of you. 
is showing up this Friday night at Fire Nights. We're going to grow out of our community center, by the way, at these Fire Nights on Friday nights. All right? We're moving in from you know, the first Friday of February because we have a conference. We'll talk about a little bit uh, to this Friday night. And we're growing out of the space. We're going to have to multiply Fire Nights, Pastor Steve. Get ready, all right? As pastors, let's hear pastors here. As pastors, we believe the time is now. The time is now. Just open your eyes and see what God has done over the past few years. How, look at how God has multiplied prayer among us. Praying pre-service prayer. Praying, we're going to pray with a prayer team in a minute. Praying every, you know, first Friday of, I mean, praying in small groups, even beyond community groups. Like, if you want to pray, there's opportunities for you to pray at Redemption Hill Church. But because we know this is, this is where life is found. This is, he is the source of everything, good thing that happens in our church. The time is now. God is moving as we go to him and pray, but, but not only has prayer been multiplied, but also the number of hearts, I love this, the number of hearts that believe that God is the God of resurrection, that God is still this kind of God that can do anything at any time through anyone this God that wants to fill every single one of us in the room with his Holy Spirit to, to live influential, abundant lives in every sphere of influence, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, at the coffee shop, at the grocery store, wherever we are. The time is now. People need Jesus and they need Jesus now. People need more of Jesus. This is you and me. And they need more of Jesus now. And so I just want to encourage you. Let's not be content with last year's stories. God is writing a new story in the life of our church. Opportunities abound the adventure that Jesus calls us into is right in front of us right now. When Jesus said to your heart, follow me, he invited you into a life full of adventure and excitement and joy, but it's up to us to say, God, Give me your heart and help me bring my best so that I can watch you do the work that only you can do. And so I want to invite our music team to come out and lead us in a time of continued worship. And as they do, before they do, and as they play, I'm just going to invite you to pray this simple prayer. God, multiply your work in us. 
And if you could just make this your prayer, not just on Vision Sunday, but tomorrow, Vision Monday, and next Vision Sunday. Like every Sunday is Vision Sunday at Redemption Hill because we're chasing after the vision that God has given us in Christ. And so would you pray even now, God, multiply your work in us. God, multiply your work in me. Listen, when I pray, our prayer team's gonna come down, and I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what dream is in your heart. I don't know, as we're talking about 50 new believers or 30 new leaders or five new groups or two, so like, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, maybe your best is inviting 10 people and seeing one of them come this year. Listen, if that's your best, Pastor Tanner is gonna give you a high five or if you're a dude, I'll give you a shoulder bump or a chest bump or whatever, all right? Because we're gonna be fired up about everything he does. Whatever it is, let's pray into 